With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by the ingenious Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. And uh, it looks like summer league is over for us, Jim. There's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of action to cover. And uh, we're going to get into it today. Didn't make it to the tourney as we uh, as we hoped we might. Uh, but I think we saw a lot of meaningful action, it seems like. Yes, I think there were at least a little bit more ups than downs during the summer league overall. Yeah. They finished three and two. It's actually the fourth consecutive summer league that New Orleans has participated in that they finished with a winning record, have not had a losing record since 2018 in summer league. So for whatever it's worth, they seem to be pretty competitive and pretty successful when they go out to Las Vegas. Um, we're going to get into some of the individual performances, but um, I think that part of it, the individual stuff, I think was streaky for some guys, a little bit of peaks and valleys for certain players. But uh, good thing is that even though they did lose the finale Sunday against Philadelphia, um, there were a lot of individual pluses and guys that played their best in the in the fifth and final game. And it seems like the Pelicans may not have been uh, all that worried about their win loss record. Right. There's a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of new people you got to get eyes on, and it looked like they got some meaningful minutes. And I think we may have been surprised by a few of those. Some some people we haven't seen a lot of. Uh, and and you know it's nice to be able to get some uh, get some looks at him. And Jordan Hawkins, it, it was glad to, I was glad to see him looking better. It looked like he uh, he he didn't waver in his confidence after having a rough start. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like he was uh, he was back to his old self. Yeah, that was um, that might have been the best game that he's played. I think he had a, another game earlier where he was that was kind of comparable to what he did Sunday. But yeah, it was good to see him. The third and fourth game, he really struggled shooting wise, which was surprising to see given his reputation and what he's done throughout his career, especially at UConn where they won a national championship. He shot 38% from three-point range over his two seasons with the Huskies. So that was good to see him, you know, close out summer league that way. You you didn't want to see him wrap it up um, with a couple bad performances. And by the way, before I forget to, I mean, I thought it was great that the Pelicans kept – some of their main guys, almost all of their main guys and starters played in the last game. Right. You saw a lot of teams across the league that after a game or two, they were like, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, you yeah. can sit down now. So I, I thought it was great that they basically closed the whole thing out. And Casey Hill had said during summer league training camp practices that the plan was for the main players to play in every game and play a lot of minutes. Right. And they definitely followed through with that. And so I think that was beneficial for guys like Jordan Hawkins that he was able to kind of play through a couple rough performances and come out on the other end. And now, you know, two and a half months or so before training camp, he had a encouraging last game in, in Las Vegas. And it seems like the Pelicans mentality is whoever plays best is going to get minutes. It doesn't matter where you were drafted. It doesn't yes. matter, uh, you know, where mm-hmm. you came from. We've seen that with Herb Jones. You know, we've seen that with with multiple Pelicans players, just grinders who, who do their job uh, will win out. And this is a great chance for them to showcase their skill sets. 
And uh, I was I was glad to see Jordan sort of recover. You know, a lot of Pelicans fans have been itchy uh, to see him just raining down threes. And I think we'll get to see that during the season. Uh, but it was nice to see him sort of get his confidence back. You don't want to end that with a bad taste in your mouth after the whole summer league. Yeah, and he talked to our Aaron Summers after Sunday's game, basically just kind of breaking down what his experience in summer league was like. As well as a, unfortunately, he had to see the team dentist yeah, during oh, a, his trip out there. Still hurts me. It's one of my worst fears losing the teeth. Yeah, that's the tooth. Ugh. I mean, a lot of guys wear mouthpieces on the basketball court. He might be um, one now. Yeah, he maybe he'll he'll tr- move over to that. I, I could never do that. I think it was just breathing wise. It was always weird to have that thing in in your mouth. But I guess if Hard you lose to do a, a podcast with a mouthpiece, <laughs> right? Too, yeah. Right. But I guess if you lose a tooth, maybe it will change your your tune on that. But in this clip, he basically just talks about, you know, what, what his experience initially was like as a pro out there in summer league. Um, I felt better than I did in the last two games. Um, felt like myself again. So I got in a good rhythm, got a good warm up in. So, so that was probably the biggest difference in the last two games. Uh, my introduction to NBA is pretty cool. I lost a tooth. Um, so it's been a pretty crazy week. So, yeah. Ooh, he sounds good. Tough guy, that Jordan Hawkins. Yes, he is. And I mean, to be able to, uh, to go through the losing of the tooth on the floor. It sounded like a bunch of people had to go scramble and try to find it. And eventually someone did. I don't know if the tooth fairy tooth fairy paid that person a visit or if Jordan Hawkins got the, the dollar bill, but, but yeah, he actually, um, it was funny. He, I think it was the day before or maybe two days before the rookie photo shoot that they have every year was held was when he lost his tooth. So the good news for him was he was able to get it back in place and the team dentist was able to put it back in place so that for his smiling photos from the rookie photo shoot, he was, he had a full set of two teeth instead of, um, you know, half of a tooth. Yeah, I was about to say, side. do they have to Photoshop in a tooth real quick or <laughs> something? That's uh, I'm, I'm surprised his answer to that question wasn't, you know what I discovered about myself? I love eating corn and I hate <laughs> not being able to. Yeah. Uh, that's all I would have talked about, but you know, it's, he seemed to take it in stride. He did. And I mean, that was one thing that it was, a, it's good to see a rookie be able to adjust on the fly um, I think he finished out that game and and played all right, and then got the tooth, got the dental work done, and then, like I said, closed it out with a quality game. Um, Casey Hill, summer league head coach, was was asked by again our Aaron Summers about um, how Jordan Hawkins played in the finale, and then in this clip, he he basically discusses you know some of what changed between the previous couple games where Jordan struggled to shoot and the game against Philadelphia where he had a really nice performance. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that, that's just the way it's going to go for him. I mean, he had a tough couple of games, and he kind of got used to the rhythm of this level and the physicality of this level and the pace of this level and all that stuff, and that's what you saw. You saw him increasingly kind of get a little bit better and a little bit more comfortable, and ultimately that's what we're looking for for him. Well, you know, I am, I am impressed by anyone who can look comfortable after losing a toofus because I would be wrapped in blankets, wearing a helmet, uh, screeching at anyone that came near me. But that's just me. That's why I don't play ball, Jim. Sitting on the bench with maybe some soup or some pudding maybe yeah, nearby. Yeah. Just going, ah, <laughs> every time anyone ran up and down the court. But again, I'm just built different, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it seems like he, he's a mature guy. He seemed to he seemed to have a good sense of humor about it. Glad the coaches got to uh, got to see that sort of resilience. You never want to see a guy lose a tooth. 
But uh, if anything's going to test your resilience and, and your mentality, I feel like it's that. And, and outside of Jordan Hawkins, we got to see uh, a few guys that we haven't gotten a lot of looks at. Uh, EJ Liddell, one guy that we've wanted to see what he has to bring to the team. And uh, it seemed like he had a solid outing as well, Jim. Yeah, I mean, you could debate whether Jordan Hawkins' fifth game was his best game. But to me, there was no doubt whatsoever that EJ played his best game Sunday against Philadelphia. He had 23 points. Um, it seemed like he kind of, in the previous games, he kind of dipped his toes into the water offensively, showed some good stuff here and there, had a couple stretches where he was was productive. Right. But in the game against the 76ers, I mean, he was great as far as getting to the basket. He had a bunch of free throws. I think he was 8 for 8 from the free throw line. He made a mid-range shot. He made a three-pointer. Um, he was scoring around the basket, which I think he did that well pretty much the entire summer league right. as far as just in the paint, being able to do do a lot of uh, good work at the rim um, with layups or dunks. So, I mean, that was that was really positive as far as just to have a game like that where he, he was, you know, one of the best players on the floor right. at, to close out summer league. I thought that was a huge step forward as far as, you know, he – he was doing a lot of good stuff in the previous games, but just in smaller doses. So right. for him to, to have a game like that, I thought was great as a springboard for the rest of his offseason and summer. And, and another guy that's been looking good and, and, and has been scoring in the paint very well, uh, Dyson Daniels, uh, again, looking bulked up. Uh, and, it, and it seems like some of the pressure may be taken off Zion with a lot of this paint scoring. you got to sort of pick your poison. There's a lot of guys that can drive inside and score, and uh, and Dyson once again looking good in the summer league. He showed a lot of versatility. I mean, I I thought it was kind of doing what he's done before that we've seen him excel at, but just at a higher level, right? And to a greater degree, um, he averaged fourteen point six points, seven point two rebounds, six point point four assists, one point eight steals, one point two blocks. Not to overwhelm you with numbers, right? Here, but numbers, numbers. He, he, he almost had a triple-double in the game on Sunday, and I believe in one of the other games he was pretty close to yeah, getting that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, he just showed his all-around game. I mean, I think the only downside of his performance in Summer League was just he struggled big time from three-point range. Yeah. And from the field overall, he wasn't great. But a lot of that percentage, he shot 40% from the field, was because of his three-point shooting not being as effective. Right. And that really dragged his efficiency down quite a bit. But... I mean, other than that, I mean, he was he, he he just looked a lot like a player who you could tell had played in 50 plus games during the real NBA season and was a step ahead of the vast majority of the other players that were out there in summer league. Yeah, I mean, you, you want to see some growth, at least in summer league. You want to see some development, a little change in these players. And uh, it's nice to see, you know, e even with, with uh, Hawkins sort of struggling, seeing him sort of get back into the right mentality after losing the tooth, uh, seeing, seeing EJ, seeing Dyson looking good. The, you know, you're not going to see your stars out there, but you want to see your ancillary players looking like they're capably going to be a part of the team. And I feel a lot better, actually, even though the, the results may not have been great in terms of wins and losses, I feel a lot better about maybe how some of these guys fit on the team now. Yeah, you know, you mentioned um, ancillary players. I think another guy that we hadn't gotten to yet was uh, Darian Sebron. Yeah. He had a really good summer league. I mean, you could make a case, I, I think, besides Dyson, who contributed in so many areas that he was maybe the most valuable player that New Orleans had during this stretch. Yeah. But, I mean, the last couple games, I think Sebron um, might have been the best player. He His scoring was great. He was able to get to the basket a ton, which is not a surprise because we've seen him – do that a lot before. 
Um, he shot 57% from the field. So for a guy who basically plays guard, plays point guard a lot, he was kind of a two guard in this situation right. because Dyson played point a lot. Um, that's great to, for him to be, you know, to be able to score that effectively. And you know, one thing too, he was on a two-way contract or is on a two-way contract. The Pelicans have actually had a lot of success with converting guys that are on two-way contracts yeah. into players that contribute on the actual team. So um, I think he showed a lot of really good signs. And Casey Hill actually mentioned that one of the things that he proved during this time in Las Vegas was that he's a legitimate NBA player, that he can be on a roster and he can help a team. I mean, we don't we don't know because of the backcourt depth that the Pelicans have, right. how much of a role that he's going to be able to carve out this upcoming season. But, but man, he was he was impressive. I thought he he just built a lot on how he did in the G League for Birmingham last year, and um, he he played well to me in every win that the Pelicans had, all yeah. three wins that they had, and and the final game as well. The first game was really the only game that he didn't perform well. But after that, I mean, he was he was really good, one of their best players for sure. Well, it's just good to, to be able to look at depth and, and look at your roster and say, what what if, what could be? Because it felt like a lot of these guys, uh, I think a lot of Pelicans fans, didn't think about necessarily. Uh, you know, they, they weren't uh, rotational players, and so they may have been forgotten about. But being able to see that action from Darion, uh, I think, really places him back in the forefront of, of fans' minds. Like, oh, what could he add? Yeah. Um, another guy that looked good, Landers Nolly, looked mm-hmm. really good out there. I think among the players who people really had very little experience with or understanding of what kind of player they were, he probably had the best summer league among the other Pelicans guys beyond the starting five and the players that people, you know, had some recognizability and familiarity with. Right. He ended up shooting Landers Nolly ended up shooting 50% from three point range. He was 10 for 20 overall over his five games. It's about your range. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. about what I usually shoot from yeah. three, the three point arc. Um, I thought the game against Philadelphia, if you didn't get a chance to watch it and you have it on your DVR, take a look at his three point shooting was just really impressive. He's got a very smooth three point shot and he actually had a couple pull-ups, too, where he dribbled into threes, even though there was somebody in his face and just shot it in someone's face and made it. So I, I like his potential. I think he has maybe the ability to be somebody that can make an impact in the NBA. But his his perimeter shooting, and as we all know, every team in the NBA is looking for that. Yep. And that was the area where he really impressed and did a nice job. Shot 56% from the field overall, too, so it wasn't just the three-point shooting. He also... Um, was pretty good inside the arc as well. Well, we always we're always looking for floor spacers. We want some people to take some of the uh, some of the pressure off of uh, Zion and and some of those other guys that we were talking about that can score inside. Once you have an inside out game, you don't know how to defend it, uh, and that's good to see. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So, you look, the Pelicans are uh, are now in the mode of gearing up 
for the regular season. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how some of the roster shakes up. I mean, what are you looking at in terms of the regular season outlook? What, what do you hope to see from our core players uh, going forward in terms of improvement and, and what they could maybe bring to the regular season? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you kind of touched on it. I think internal improvement is going to be one of the biggest things that we're monitoring over the rest of the offseason to see you know, we're not going to know definitively how much better some of these guys are, right. or how much they've improved until the regular season starts and it starts happening for real. But I think one of the things that we've, we have here that has not been the case going back to the previous decade maybe was you have this roster with so many young guys who still can keep getting better, can still make strides. I don't expect every player to make the improvement that Trey Murphy made last season, right. but it's hard to if do. you can even get, you know, a third of the jump that sure. he made from his rookie year to his second year, I think um, you're going to see a, a big improvement. And obviously it's not the other encouraging part is it's not like they have so far to go. It's not like right. they won 25 games and you're like, well, there's talent and potential here, but man, they have to get so much better. Yeah. They won 42 games. Um, I'm sure people have heard this ad nauseum that, at one point in the season, they were in first place in the West, yes. so that's encouraging I love as to well. Just shout that at people in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think just overall, you know, it, it's about the guys that are already on the roster getting better. Um, this team did not make a lot of moves. I mean, to this point in the off season, they added Cody Zeller. Right. They lost a few guys that have been kind of staples, or at least for the last two or three years, in terms of guys like Jackson Hayes and Billy Hernan Gomez. But um. It's going to be about this this huge collective of guys that are second year, third year players. I mean, the third year guys to me from the twenty one, the twenty twenty one draft class and Jose undrafted. That that's yep. a huge part of the future here. And then you you know obviously the maybe the biggest piece is just having more health. Yes, and that's actually something that um, Casey Hill talked about after the game Sunday was just you know what his perspective is on next season. As, as well as his, his um, thoughts on training camp coming up in the fall? You know, I think it's going to be an extremely competitive training camp. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of getting with Willie and the rest of the staff and really kind of putting together, you know, our plan for this year. Um, and, you know, like we've all said, I think Pelicans Nation understands this. You know, we, we get a stress where we're healthy, we're going to be a real, we're going to be a real problem. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to kind of getting organized and jumping in with our main squad and seeing what we're capable of doing. Health, health, health. That's the thing we've been praying for. It's the thing we've been hoping for. Uh, what can this squad be when healthy? And look, a lot of people fear change. I know there are going to be uh, people that are upset about uh, maybe some of the, the guys that the Pelicans uh, are not bringing back. But you know what? New things are neat, too. And I think a lot of these players that we've talked about showing out in Summer League, fans are going to end up enjoying watching them on the court as well, even though they may be a little different than the names they're used to. Yeah, and I think... Overall, the general theme to me of the development that happened during Summer League is that these are guys that are going to add to the depth of the roster. We're at the point where, you know, like you said, we're praying for health. But we know that in today's NBA between, you know, you have guys sitting games and you have bangs and bruises that come up, that you're going to need all 15 guys on your roster as well as often you're – you now have three two-way contract guys. So, I mean, to me that's what Summer League is about – um, how much can Dyson Daniels take a step forward next season? Um, I think he showed a lot of really good stuff during his rookie year. Unfortunately, yeah. he had an injury that kind of sidetracked him and made for a tougher close to the season. Um, Jordan Hawkins, can he 
carve out a spot in the rotation. EJ Liddell gives you more front court depth. Um, Darian Sebron, again, more another guy in the backcourt that gives you a, a different wrinkle as far as he can get to the basket. He just has a different kind of game than the other guards that the Pelicans have where you have somebody like CJ who's one of the best three-point shooters and jump shooters in the league. Um, so those those handful of guys, um, I think it's for them it's about just giving the Pelicans more options. We don't know for sure how much any of them are going to contribute, but right. as Casey Hill mentioned, it's going to be a very competitive training camp, and that's going to be the next opportunity for those guys to show that not only does, do I deserve to be on – this roster and in the NBA, but I also need to be on the floor as well. And that's the thing. You, you, they didn't get to play with Zion. They didn't get to play with Brandon Ingram. And you're going to get to see so much more of their game yeah. when you have that to rely on. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to show out in summer league is one thing. Being able to show out on a team with some established stars and some established roles that are already filled, uh, that's going to be interesting to see as well. And you just hope that they can contribute. You're not going to have to put the team on your back. That's that's not what we're expecting of these guys. But just to be able to come in and contribute, not hurt the team, uh, I think it'll be nice to see, and I, I'm excited to see what the, what some of these guys look like rotationally with our main guy with our main guys. Yeah, you put it well. I mean, the role that you have in summer league is not going to be anything like what you probably are going to have during the NBA season. There might only be a, one or two rookies that have um, a huge usage role in summer league, and then carry that over to the NBA season, where their team is saying we need you to be right. one of our main guys. You know, maybe Wemby. Maybe Brandon Miller from Charlotte, Scoot Henderson from Portland. Yeah, nobody's expecting much of Wimby. Come on. I mean, the expectations are low. <laughs> right, for right. Them. Very minimal. Yeah. Um, but beyond those top handful of guys, maybe in the lottery, basically what you have to do is if you have a, a bigger role like Jordan Hawkins in Summer League, now you're going to have to figure out, okay, how do I help the team? But it's going to be in less minutes and it's going to be in less shot attempts. But it was good to see him be able to just go out there and not hesitate and fire up shots, even though, you know, he struggled with his uh, three point touch a lot. He was able to continue to, to keep taking them and, and just be aggressive. So like you said, um, it's now it's about figuring out what your niche is and figuring out, okay, how do I compliment Zion Ingram, CJ McCollum, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones? How do I fit in to be able to, um, make a contribution in the best way possible. And it seems like uh, most of these guys have the right mentality. They're, 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 they know what their role is. Uh, they're not going to overextend themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be exciting to see. I mean, that, it seems like the season is, is an epoch away right now. And, uh, and it seems like we've got a, a formidable deep squad now. It's going to see, uh, got to see how it shakes out, basically. Uh, so, Jim, here we go, man. It seems like uh, this is going to be the time where we figure things out. Yeah, I think the training camp in the preseason will probably be here before we know it. But in the meantime, I think, I think the main things that we're looking at, I'm sure we'll be back in probably approximately mid August, I would think is when the NBA schedule is going to be coming right. out based on that's when it's been released the last couple of years. Um, we also can keep an eye on the FIBA world cup stuff with Jose Alvarado and Brandon Ingram are going to be competing against each other on August 7th in kind of a preliminary exhibition type game right. before the World Cup is going to be the end of August, the beginning of September. And then I think late September slash early October is when we'll be looking at Media Day. And then we know for sure that October 10th is the first preseason game. So we've got about three months to get ready for our next uh, kind of Barely full-fledged 
yeah, full fledged uh, appearance back in the Smoothing King, King Center for that preseason game against. Well, the you know, I'm I'm doing my chin ups, I'm doing my pull ups, I'm looking at my posters of Brandon Ingram. I'm ready to roll, my friend. I am ready uh, for regular season action, and it will be upon us soon, Jim. Great info as always, the Jimfo, if you will. And uh, here we go, Pelicans fans. Keep reading the news. Keep checking the clips. Uh, the regular season will be on us in no time. And uh, we want to hear you loud and proud in the Smoothie King Center. That is Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. I am Joe Cardosi. Big thanks to you for listening to us on the Pelicans podcast. Tell your friends and pals. You want to be cool, don't you? All the cool kids listen to the Pelicans podcast. Let them know. Uh, we will talk to you once again uh, very soon once we have some more news for you. But until then, <laughs> go Bell. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.